Today's broadcast of Bagels and Blessings has been previously recorded at an earlier time. Shalom Chaverim, that's Hebrew for hello friends, and Shabbat Shalom, that's Hebrew for Sabbath peace. This is Ethel Chadwick. Welcome to another week of Bagels and Blessings. Today on Bagels and Blessings, you will hear my pre-recorded interview with Stephen Siegel. He's going to share how he came to know the Lord and how God is using him today. You're going to love it. Stay with me and I'll be right back. and Blessings is a ministry of Congregation Shema Yisrael. We are a Messianic congregation made up of Jews and Gentiles who believe that Jesus, or Yeshua, is the promised Messiah. Our services contain Jewish liturgy and Davidic dancing, and we celebrate the Feasts of Israel. We meet at 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton, and our services are Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Please join us for worship. And while you are in the building, be sure to check out the Fig Tree Messianic Bookstore and Gift Shop. Now open Mondays from 6 to 8 p.m., Tuesdays by appointment, Wednesdays from 3 to 8 p.m., Thursdays from 3 to 6 p.m., and up to 30 minutes after services on Saturdays. You can call the Fig Tree Bookstore at 585-484-7775. The Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop is a great place for books, CDs, cards, jewelry, and so much more. So be sure to check them out when you visit Congregation Shema Yisrael. And now, when you make a purchase at the Fig Tree Bookstore, you can fill out a raffle ticket. Those names will be drawn for a prize from Bagels and Blessings. So those of you in the Rochester area, be sure to visit Congregation Shema Yisrael in the Fig Tree Bookstore and fill out your ticket for a chance to win a prize from Bagels and Blessings. This is Jonathan Sattel, and you are listening to Bagels and Blessings. Hear ye, hear ye, the king is coming. Here's Paul Wilbur. years have come and gone, still we wait. The promise of Messiah lives within our hearts. I feel this strong, our souls anticipate. 
cry out, let your kingdom come. We hear it all around us. Hosanna in the highest. Won't you send us desert? Yeah. 
times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. And he will send again the Messiah appointed for you. Even Yeshua. Even Yeshua. My good friend who you've already heard this evening is... Again, that was Paul Wilbur, and if you listen closely, you can hear Becca Shea's voice on there as well. Hallelujah. Next, here's a beautiful song called Exodus, sung by Marty Getz. And it's a reminder that God gave the land of Israel to Abraham and his descendants. And please pray for the peace of Jerusalem.
Shalom. This is Marty Getz, and you're listening to Bagels and Blessings. I'd like to thank Excellent Air Heating and Cooling for sponsoring Bagels and Blessings. Give them a call today at 585-889-7840. They're a family-owned and operated business. Their prices are fantastic. They will take care of your air conditioner in the summer and your furnace in the winter. Give them a call today because they love the Lord and they are excellent. Excellent air, heating and cooling. 585-889-7840. Thanks for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Next up, here's Joshua Aaron. Huyavo, he will come. stars his right hand
Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Shema Yisrael Messianic Congregation. Your tax-deductible contributions will help keep this program on the air. Make checks out to Shema Yisrael, that's S-H-E-M-A-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L, and please put Bagels and Blessings on the memo portion of your check. Send your contributions to Bagels and Blessings, Post Office Box 192, Scottsville, New York, 14546-0192. And you're invited to come and experience Messianic worship in person, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m., 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton. A few minutes ago, you heard me mention Becca Shea. She had joined Paul Wilbur on his song. She just has an amazing voice, and together with her husband, they have produced so many cool songs, and I love that Becca took a lot of songs that were completely secular and turned them into something spiritual. For example, this next song is called The Middle. Listen to what she did with the song. You'll love it. I know I do. I'll take my seat Right on up there nothing compares And I believe That I am an heir It's time to declare That you're my guy And I'm so blessed I've been predestined And I am yours Best possession So draw me closer I wanna be real close Brew a cock dish Take over Let your glory overflow But she Holy One of Israel, Yeshua You call me your own, hallelujah Adonai My El Shaddai
is Becca Shea, and you're listening to Bagels and Blessings. Next up, here's Carlos Perdomo, King of All the Earth. Amen. Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach 
Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Again, that was Carlos Perdomo. Stay tuned for my interview with Steven Siegel, but next, here's some music from Sue Samuel. My voice. I will lift up my voice and be glad. I will lift up my voice and praise you through the good and the bad. Though you slay me, slay me, I'll put my hope in your word. Naked I was born, and naked I'll die, but you're my portion, Lord. Yes, you're my portion, Lord. I will lift up my voice. I will lift up my voice and be glad. I will lift up my voice. Through the good and the bad When you stretch me Stretch me Forming this clay into you Pressed but not crushed Struck down, not destroyed So I'll sing hallelujah Yes, I'll sing My voice, I will lift up my voice and be glad. I will lift up my voice and praise you through the good and the bad. Good and the 
What a great song. And while it's almost time for my interview with Steven Siegel, this song that you just heard reminds me so much of another song from Debbie Chernoff, Psalm 30, because we are to praise him morning, noon, and night. Here's Psalm 30. I will exalt you.
And now, here's my interview with Steven Siegel. Enjoy, darling. Enjoy. Steven Siegel, welcome to Bagels and Blessings. Thank you for having me on. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to, to interview you today, and I can't wait to find out all about you. So let's start with your childhood. Were you raised in a traditional Jewish home? Well, I was raised uh, by my mother. My father died when I was two, and it was uh, very, um, you know, it was, you know, I went to Hebrew school, and uh, I... Um, you know, it was more like, uh, how would you say, uh, gastronomical Judaism. You know, we <laughs> celebrated the holidays, and the, it, was, it was always a big deal in reference to Jewish cooking. And I, I learned, you know, some recipes from my mother. She was a great cook. And uh, so everything went along fine. And, um, you know, so I was by mitzvah at 13, and uh, everything was fine. I was then. I went to uh, Northeastern University, and around the, you know, I was studying sociology and social work and psychology, and worked at uh, had about five jobs working at mental hospitals and nursing homes and places like that. And I was at a uh, the Quadrangle at Northeastern, right on Huntington Avenue, and I was approached by what was uh, a missionary from. Uh, an organization called Israel's Remnants. His name was Al Minsk, and uh, his superior was an Avi Brickner. And, uh, you know, growing up, God was always, you know, out there. You know, it wasn't anything, a personal relationship. Never heard that in Hebrew school. And he told me that God loved me. And that was it. You know, God had prepared my heart for uh, that, and I went to their um, organization, which was in Brookline, on Beacon Street, and it was funny, and I grew up in a, a Jewish area called Mattapan, Dorchester, you know, connected to a place called Roxbury, was could have been over 10,000 Jewish people, and out of all those Jewish people, there were, as far as I know, there were like maybe three people that were believers you know and mm -hmm. one of them uh was at he came from this uh project area um and he was at the uh at the israel's remnants and i had another friend uh, by the name of uh, sydney or sunny samuel and that was all that you know in all of this whole area all that had ever come to belief you know mm -hmm. and uh i was you know amazed at their literature that they had, you know, they, you know, they had, they had come out of the Midwest, that organization. I don't know if the name Avi Brickner rings a bell with you. Mm -mm, no. He's David Brickner's father. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, so they, he had, uh, probably like second or third generation Messianic Jew. And, uh, you know, we learned a lot about the Jewish holidays at that organization. Like I said, they had marvelous literature. But this was, this had to be, let's say, 19, maybe 1970, 1971, thereabouts. And there were no Messianic congregations at that point in time. And their method of operation was, I guess they got support from 
certain organizations like Pack Street Church, and then when they'd bring the people in, they would then bring them over to Pack Street Church. That didn't sound right to me, you know, that mm-hmm. somehow uh, I was not a Jew by joining a Pack Street Church, you know, even though for many, many years, probably 50 years, I've been, you know, listening to um, on WEZE radio here in Boston, all the all the various preachers, you know, especially like Chuck Smith and so forth. So it wasn't, it, it just didn't seem right to me. Then, uh, then there was the organization Jews for Jesus, which was in Cambridge and went over there. And uh, it was kind of funny. They, uh, but they did, you know, come over my house in Mattapan and with my mother there. And she was listening to, to this. It was kind of strange to her. But uh, she was a very pragmatic woman. And, uh, you know, they said, no. He says, well, if, you know, she was a widow for many years at that time. And she said, oh, if Jesus can get me a man, I'll believe too. (laughs) Well, Stephen, I want to stop you for a minute because I'm interested in in hearing what happened after that. But I want to back up a little bit because I want to know something about when you were growing up. If uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and then you can answer. I, I want to know if you had ever met any Christians growing up and if you would describe yourself as somebody who had been searching. So if you could just back up a little bit about your earlier experiences. Yeah, um, let me, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I did uh, probably, you know, growing up, heard all the various uh, Christmas songs, but nothing connected and I think once um, once somebody when I was very young may have taken me to a, a church I don't know what kind of a church it was but uh, still no connection and uh, so there was no you know the, there was no knowledge of uh, Yeshua or anything like that we didn't you know didn't have any uh, particular connection like that you know, there was so there was nobody that I actually um, had uh, met that would influence me. It was more the like the Lord Himself through um, through you know various things. You know, He was probably trying to show me that uh, that there was a God that uh, that loved and a God that loved me, and uh, so that's why when I had met the uh, missionary at Northeastern, um, you know. It, he had prepared my heart to receive that, that God loved me. And like I said, that's that's a, a foreign concept to most Jews. God is like way out there and up in the heavens and <laughs> I never heard of having a personal relationship with God. Of course. So you were at the point where you didn't feel comfortable just going to a church. And at this time, did you know that there were any Messianic congregations? There actually... Um, wasn't quite one yet uh after that you know going to you know those two organizations then a little over 40 years ago could have been like 45 years ago at this point there was uh an organization ruach israel that i affiliated with they at first were meeting at a howard johnson's in newton and i don't know if they may have gone once to that and then they uh, subsequently were going to this Wellesley church and uh, they'd have a lot of home meetings and 
you know, the rabbi there is Rich Nickel, who you may know. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and he's, he's kind of, uh, he knows that I'm very Yiddishy. you know. He, uh-huh. he'll, call me, he'll call me Boychik and Stevala, very nice terms of endearment. And uh, so I, yeah, I, so off and on, especially during the Jewish holidays, I had gone to his congregation. But in the meanwhile, um, you know, when I was, to step back a little bit, when I was going to... Uh, Israel's remnant, uh, I met uh, what was to be my wife of uh, 43 years, Mazel tov. Cheryl, and uh, and so I met her and I told, you know, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, you could call me back then, you could say Jews for Jesus, or I was a Messianic Jew, and uh, she accepted that, you know, to an extent, but you know, we had like, she never actually until maybe uh, the very end came to somehow the, the Lord had given me the desires of my heart and she eventually made it over. I got signs to that effect. But um, she was, you know, accepting of um, of my uh, Messianic Judaism and we, we were married uh, May 12th, 1973. This is already a couple of years after I'd become a believer. And uh, this kind of, um, as you might imagine, the the people at uh, Israel's remnant, they said, you know, you you shouldn't become unequally yoked with a non-believer. But I did. And uh, over the number of years, we, you know, had children in 76 and 78. And we brought them up Jewish. We would go to... um, you know, to the Jewish synagogue. I remember before we had kids in uh, October of 73, going to a reformed temple with her during the Yom Kippur War, which I just saw a movie, Goldie, about the Yom Kippur War. Mm-hmm. And uh, the place was packed out, and he, the rabbi, who was a reformed rabbi, gave a spectacular um you know, preaching on Jonah, and the whole place was packed out. And it was, he really, you know, explained it, how the Lord was, uh, you know, loved not only the Jewish people, but he loved the Gentiles, and uh, which made a a great impression on me, too. And uh, Stephen, what does the rest of your Jewish family feel about your faith in Yeshua? um, That's a good question. I know I have a brother... And he, uh, yeah, he, you know, he knows that I'm a Messianic believer, but he's kind of clueless when it comes to um, Judaism. He never really got into it to that extent. But ironically, my uh, Jewish brother, who's like about three years older than me, he, uh, you know, he and I used to listen to rock and roll music, but he liked uh, gospel music. It's very strange, right? Uh, So, you know, we would be listening to uh, the staple singers and Mighty Clouds of Joy. We would listen to that, um, but we didn't have a connection in reference to Jesus and all this. We just loved that music, you know? Uh, But, like I said, he never came to faith. and, uh, And my mother, I used to give her books, I think it was Rachmiel, Friedman or something, books about, uh, you know, Messianic Judaism during the Holocaust, and she would love to read them, you know, uh-huh. and uh, and it was 
kind of uh, she had gotten sick and went into this uh, like a Catholic hospital and had been in there with a couple of nuns and um, I don't know what happened but uh, I had gotten signs from the Lord several signs that she had you know when she passed away she had made it over okay um, you know one of the signs was um, was I was going to look for her grave after she passed away and couldn't find it for whatever reason and the Lord spoke to me very few times that he spoke to me he said why are you looking uh, for the living amongst the dead and you know, this was very, um, you know, emotional to me. And then he gave me the sign of a monarch butterfly, like, you know, she had resurrected, you know, to the Lord. Wow. And, uh, you know, there, there was a, even stronger signs from, um, from a lady that I had met at a church and I had called her for prayer. And she was telling me, I guess my mother was sick at the time, and she was saying that the... Um, the most important thing isn't that somebody dies, but, you know, where they end up, you know, whether they go to heaven or hell, whether they're born again, which was, you know, sounds common sense, but it's true. And uh, subsequently, I went back to that church and it happened to be a church that was, um, I don't know if you ever heard of Mona and Paul Johnian, no. but back in New England, they were a sponsor of all the various Bessianics singing groups and and uh, Sid Roth and uh, you know Messianic dance and um, uh, she had come up to me afterwards uh, after a service and she she had uh, you know she said something to me in reference to my mother and uh, it was like a sign that this was a sign that my mother had made it over which was you know to believers um, that happens to be, you know, the most important thing, and in my opinion, that that their family members would make it over. So there's no other family members that um, that are, you know, any type of believers. But um, you know, the I've gotten a, a word from the Lord from uh, Psalm thirty-seven four, and it's delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. And, um, you know, so that's encouraging to give, uh, you know, a Messianic believer that that word. Because in my case, you know, both with my um, mother and with my wife, I got signs from the Lord that, that in my wife's case, she was in a coma. You know, I, I believe he came to her and she was, yeah, it's kind of funny, she would... Um, always say i can't understand how there can be just one you know way to god what about all the different people in the world and all the different ways that they religions that they have she kept always hucking me with that and uh but she was funny though uh i used to in my career my religious career you might say i not only had gone to you know, messianic synagogues like uh, Ruach Israel, but I went to, I work in an area in Boston that's, you know, mostly, um, you know, black and uh, black um, con congregations and policyholders and so forth. I'm an insurance agent still, and uh, 
I had gone to this place called Bethlehem Healing Temple, which some of my um, policyholders had gone to. I even got <laughs> baptized in there. And I used to go there on a Sunday. She'd work on a Sunday doing um, what they call demonstrating at supermarkets. And, and I would go to the church on a Sunday and uh, I would go there and pray. One time I had a um, car accident that took like five years to come to fruition. They said I was at fault, and I, I, he had prayed over me. It's called, his name was Reverend Swilly, and uh, he prayed, and uh, we went into arbitration, and they, even though I was supposedly at fault, because the other person who had uh, hit me in the car accident never showed up for his uh, interviews, they rewarded us like $40,000, something to that effect. And after that, that was it. You know, she's figured that he was he had some major uh, connection to God and she she wanted me to go there. She wanted him to uh, pray over me. And there was one time, you know, so various times he had prayed over me and every time is, uh, you know, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much type of thing. And um, at one time there was a Jewish evangelist that he invited down to his church and he had two other congregations there, and my wife had heard about it. We're living in Randolph, which is a suburb of Boston, and uh, she said, oh, we gotta go, we gotta go and like support him. So she packed me up and my daughter, and uh, I have a, um, a gay daughter that was married at the time, didn't have children or anything yet, but uh, packed us all up and we went into what, what you might call, you know, at night in the ghetto. And we all went and they enjoyed, you know, the singing, the gospel singing and the preaching from the Jewish evangelist. So somebody who supposedly wasn't a believer, she was pretty cool that way, you know. Wow. She would support me in that respect. Um, Great. I well, did I have, have another uh, incident with this Reverend Swilly. I once um, had something called third-degree hot block. I don't know if you know what that is, where no. the heart's not communicating mm -mm. and your pulse is very low. And, you know, as long as you're laying down, you're okay. You get up and it's like you're exhausted. So, you know, like, who knows what would have happened. It had to do something with a, a stent they put in that was uncoated that had clogged up. And uh, so I was in the hospital and they came around and somebody, it was on a weekend and there was a doctor there that, you know, he puts in uh, pacemakers and so forth. So he came around. He said, "Well, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see you on Monday." And I called up this Reverend Swilly and I told him what's going on, and he prayed for me. And I went to sleep, and I woke up, and I was healed. Meanwhile, they come around on Monday. The guy's coming around. He wants to, you know, put in a pacemaker and all this stuff. I said, what do I do, Reverend Swilly? He says, Brother Siegel, you tell him that you're healed. And, of course, he comes, this big doctor comes around with his minions of uh, underlings. And he said, you know, he's talking to me. I said, Doctor, I'm healed. And everybody was, like, amazed. And I did subsequently get re-stented, and I was fine. And that never happened again. Wow, praise but, God. Uh, well, Stephen, yeah. we're, we're, believe it or not, we're, we're almost out of time. I, I have no. one more. Okay, I, got I, more questions? I have one more question, uh, <laughs> sure. if you can just answer briefly. I, I want to know how your life has changed the most from who you were before Yeshua, and you accepted him into your heart, he made you 
a new person, how did your life change? But if you can just answer briefly. Yeah, um, yeah, I was, you know, uh, quite a worldly person, you know, involved in all the things that people were involved in in the 60s, you know, drugs and smoking cigarettes and alcohol and so forth. And uh, the Lord took all of that away from me. And, uh, you know, and I love, uh, love being a child of God, love, you know, when his spirit comes upon me and uh, he gives me a special, a special anointing that has to do, I haven't done it, I almost did it a couple of times during the interview, but where I would, uh, I would start to cry and weep and, um, you know, so I have that type of an anointing and, it, it, you know, it's, uh, I used to go to a, uh, a Christian church and uh, they had wonderful gospel songs and, you know, and you know that, that that there's a Lord and you know that uh, he's with you and he's down in my soul. And uh, it's almost like a, a weeping anointing like a Jeremiah had for his people. And, you know, so I still at age 74, soon to be 75, I still haven't really gone out there and, and you know, utilized all the gifts that he has given me, but he has given me gifts. And, uh, and I would love to continue using him until you know he returns mm, praise the lord well may the lord bless you anoint you may he give you good health may he give you wisdom and discernment and favor in the name of yeshua and i just want to thank you so very much for being my guest on bagels and blessings thank you for having me you're welcome so shalom for now shalom and i'll talk to you off air Okay, very good. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Steven Siegel. You know, folks, I've now been on the air for 26 years, and it never gets old. I love hearing everyone's story. And if you have a story to share and you want me to interview you, just send me an email at bagelsandblessings at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. All right, we have time for some more music. Here's Ted Pierce. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has carried us to this day. Shall 
Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. This is Ethel Chadwick saying, Shalom Alechem, peace be with you. Remember, every day of your life is an opportunity to be a blessing to someone. Thank you so much for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Shalom. Shalom.